to another edition of the Merchant of Magic podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a question which basically I get asked at least two or three times a week um, via email. Um, and that's how to start up a magic shop or um, how to sell magic online. There isn't, uh, there isn't a week that goes past that someone doesn't email us saying that they're thinking about opening a shop and could we give them any advice about one aspect or another. Um, so I send out uh, an email and I answer a few questions normally. Um, and I thought, well, I'll record an episode of a podcast answering a few of the most popular questions and then I can just uh, send them a link to the podcast instead and save my fingers. So um, let's get started. If you don't want to uh, run a magic shop, then this probably doesn't apply to you. But uh, you might find if you are a performer and you're thinking of maybe selling uh, magic um, as a sort of uh, back of the room sales, or you're looking at um, supplementing your magic income by retailing some magic, uh, you might find some of the tips here uh, useful. Um, the magic shop's been going now since 1999, so um, over 14 years. So we picked up a few little bits along the way. Um, so first I should really talk about how uh, the Merchant Magic started, how I started selling magic. Um, I started selling it like many people just in my house. Um, I was running a website called The Coin Purse, which published articles on coin magic, because that was my main passion when I got into magic. Um, I ran a, this is back in 1998, um, I ran a website where we posted articles for magicians, uh, not exposing magic, um, but talking about coin magic in general and reviewing um, videos on coin magic and things like that. Um, it started to get quite popular, so I needed to find a way of supplementing the hosting costs. So I bought, uh, I think, £500 worth of uh, coins and of gimmicked coins and had a little sidebar on the coin purse uh, linking to that to sell. Now, um, I was already performing as a magician. Um, and I was also uh, working um, outside of magic. Um, so I didn't need to take any kind of income from it, uh, other than the hosting costs of, of the website. So my primary motivation for setting up the shop wasn't making a living for me. It was purely as a sideline to fund what I was interested in, which was publishing information about coin magic, just for the, for the love of it, for the fun of it. Um, but it, that did get quite popular because the coin purse um, did get a fair amount of traffic. I think this started up around the same sort of time as the Magic Cafe, actually. Um, and uh, it was just when people were moving away from Usenet uh, and starting to publish more websites about coin magic um, rather than just for bulletin boards. So uh, for the first couple of years... I didn't really take any kind of um, capital out of the business. I just kept on growing it. If you've ever read The Elves in the Shoemaker, it's a bit like that. He buys some leather, makes some shoes, sells it for twice the price and buys two bits of leather. And sells those for twice the price and buys four bits of leather. And so I slowly grew um, the stock of the um, coins which a coin purse sold. And after a while, it was getting really big and I was I was enjoying it. My background... Um, um, wasn't really in sales, but I found that it was really fun. Um, every order that came through, um, you know, was really interesting. I actually had it set up on my mobile phone so that when an order came through, 
it would send a uh, it would send a text message to my mobile which had a um a ringtone for it of a cash register going off so every time there was a little order i'd hear a ka-ching on my mobile phone <laughs> and i'd go about my business and every now and then ka-ching it happen and go oh great yeah i've got another little order so it was quite a thrill um but it was getting sort of out of control and i was finding that i wanted to have more and more products um, and I thought, okay, I will split it. I will set up a magic shop website instead, which will, um, feature magic. Um, and, uh, I didn't want to call it the coin purse. So I thought about, well, what, what is it? I'm being a merchant of magic. So I will set that up and it would also be a generic enough name that I could run several businesses, uh, with merchant of magic as a holding name. Um, and also as well, I thought that, um, performing, performers if you're performing commercially you are essentially selling magic you're a merchant of magic uh, not necessarily a, a products but um you're making a living or you're making from it so uh, merchant of magic sort of appealed to that that style of the business side of magic so i created a website and um which was a bit of a learning curve uh, in most days they weren't ready-built OS commerce type sort of um, Zencart packages. So you really did have to start from scratch and put images in and um, and get a merchant account and all sorts of things like that. So uh, that was a, a big learning curve. But it carried on and I ran that for uh, a few years until um, my uh, house just ran out of room and I needed more space. So we set up the first um, magic shop. And uh, it went from there, um, and it grew and grew and um, to, to what it is today. So that's it. Basically, I didn't have any background in, in uh, business or selling. I just stumbled along and making decisions as I went. So I made a lot of wrong decisions and a lot of right ones along the line uh, and picked up some info there that, that might help. So uh, that's why I started Selling Magic. Um, the question is, why do you actually really want to sell it? Are you looking at are you looking at being a salesman and you want to retail a product or are you a magician and you love magic and you're wanting to to immerse yourself in that and try out um um selling it because the two are very very different if you're a salesman and you're interested in merchandising probably magic is not the thing to choose it's a very niche market um and it's quite saturated as well uh, there's a low entry to market level so anyone can create some downloads now and uh, and create some products and and uh, and set up a website um if you're particularly focused on selling products you you might be better off looking around for for um things which maybe have a a wider market and are far more profitable if your motivation for selling magic is that you love magic you're already performing and you just want to make that your life and you you are prepared to put the energy in not necessarily for the financial rewards then magic can be really rewarding to sell after all you're going to live and breathe it basically 24 hours a day certainly when you start up and uh, if you get a thrill out of the products that you sell and you get enjoyment out of performing um, the products to people and talking about it and immersing yourself in everything that's new about magic, then you're going to really enjoy it. But it's not all about magic. It's also about business and it's about being self-employed and running a company and running a um, 
what you're essentially going to be doing is running a mail order company. Um, so you need to bear in mind that magic is going to be really fun, but the day-to-day running of it is going to be more about commerce and more about retailing than it is about the actual magic tricks themselves, certainly when you start up and you're the only person doing it. Another reason that you might start up uh, selling magic is that you're a magic creator and you have your own inventions, your own tricks, and you're looking at uh, uh, bringing those to market without necessarily distributing them out to magic shops uh, as your as your main avenue to market. And that's an excellent idea. A lot of magicians do that. Um, good notable example is David Forrest at Full 52. So, uh, brilliant magician and a really good website. David mainly sells his own creations and um, and DVDs, and he's very selective on that, and he can push that forwards as his main um, avenue to sales, rather than worrying about sourcing stock. Some retailers go specifically for manufacturing. So, for example, you have Big Blind Media, um, which produce magic DVDs and tricks. They don't necessarily, although they have a website, their main avenue is to produce and manufacture tricks and then distribute them out to other magic shops. Um, companies like uh, Alakazam, for example, very heavily into manufacturing their own tricks and then wholesaling them out. Um, they'll also retail as well, but their core business, um, a core part of their business is manufacturing. So you need to decide exactly what what you're going to do. Are you going to be just purely a wholesaler or are you going to also be a manufacturer of magic? Or are you going to mainly just focus on promoting your own material and your own your own work? Are you going to use physical products um, and hold stock? Or are you going to go purely for downloadable products? Um, very important factor, stock has its whole, whole issue of warehousing and... Um, cash flow and all sorts of things that that downloads don't. You'll also need to decide whether you're going to sell all magic in general or whether you're going to be very specific about the magic tricks that you retail. When you're starting off, holding a lot of stock or acquiring a lot of stock is going to be a big problem. It requires a lot of capital. Um, One way that magic shops often start is they become very selective at first and they choose just a few items that they really love um, they know and work and condemn and they will promote those and then will slowly add more and more magic uh, to it so for example companies like e illusionist in america started off with a very small catalog of magic um, just choosing um, a few items that they really, really wanted to promote and focus on rather than stocking every single magic trick that just came out. Um, other magic shops, um, uh, like ourselves, decided we were going to stock everything as much as possible and be like a supermarket of magic. The difference between the two is that if you are going to be very specific and just choose uh, a few items to sell, they need to be very, very good, high-quality magic that you love and you know are going to be great because it's your decision and your recommendation which is bringing them to your website. If you're stocking all magics that's released, um, you perhaps don't have uh, as much of a say, because it is not for you to say whether one trick is good for for you or for another person. Uh, One man's meat is another man's poison. 
All you can offer is uh, an avenue for perhaps your customers to review the products and give their feedback. And you can suggest ones that you like, um, but essentially you're going to stock everything and you allow the customer to decide what they want to buy uh, rather than perhaps um, you making that decision for them. So that's a lot of decisions to um, make right from the beginning before you even set up a, a website or buy your first piece of stock. You need to decide um, what you're going to sell and who you're going to sell to. So you need to look at the niche, which is magic. Are you going to reach out to everybody and, and magic in general, or are you going to be very specific and target uh, a, a market that uh, within the market? which, of course, has a, a much smaller catchment of, of customers. However, you become very specific, and as a result, uh, you become known uh, as, a, as a quality supplier in that area, and you can become an expert in your field. Now, when you first start off, you're probably not going to set up a magic shop, uh, which is bricks and mortar. Uh, the days of bricks and mortar shops have really gone. Um, everything's now moving online. There are still magic shops like our own and a couple in London as well, so Davenport's and International Magic. Uh, they tend to be very old established magic shops that set up before the internet. Um, they have their business premises, uh, they have their customer base in that area and also they use the space and the physical building to store their stock. Most internet websites, if they do have a bricks and mortar magic shop uh, it's generally because they need the space they need the office they need a space for um, a team to answer the phones and they need warehousing so if they're having to hire and an, or rent or own a, a space to act as their offices they might as well have a shop as well have a bricks and mortar shop um, for us when we moved to our unit uh, we had a shop um area and then we had the majority of the place was warehousing and office space and computer space um, telephone answering sort of we had the sales team and things like that so 90% of it was actually servicing the website and the, the bricks and mortar shop um, was there because we had that space and we might as well have it we also found as well that a lot of manufacturers a lot of wholesalers um, will favour bricks and mortar shops over internet businesses. Um, they're more stable and they show a lot more commitment. They tend to be uh, um, more uh, established and, and more reliable in their eyes. So we found having a bricks and mortar shop was better for opening up uh, access to new um, vendors and new um, avenues of stock acquisition. So for us, the, the magic shop side of things um, was practical in that sense, rather than having to be profitable. Um, on the whole, the, the magic shop side was a lost leader, but it also gave us a really important thing. It allowed us to talk to magicians and build a bit of a community as well. And we could dem magic. And uh, we chose specifically not to have a... Um, a shop front in a in a pedestrian area with a lot of foot, footfall. Um, so I looked when I was originally looking to set up a, um, the 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 base. I wanted somewhere where people would have to travel specifically to us to visit, um, and that way you wouldn't necessarily really have tourists popping in um, or kids popping in and um, 
just staying there for the fun of magic. You, you went there because you actually wanted to go and you want, you, you had a purpose. You probably had a shopping list um, and you wanted to see some magic being performed and talk about magic and be there rather than just walking past and uh, being a, a, a casual shopper. Now the Merchant of Magic still has um, the, the shop and we have magicians popping in every day and talking about magic and, and buying what's new and seeing what's new and, and having a look at some of the props. And that's really, really good um, news. But our, our core business is still and I think always will be. And I think it's the same for most businesses now, unless you're in a particular tourist area. And, and you're going to just be selling Svengali decks and, and, um, and thumb tips and things like that. Uh, you, the core business is now really online. So if you do set up an online business, you're going to need a website and you're going to need stock. Now, setting up a website is pretty easy. You create a name, create a logo. Uh, you get a, um, I would suggest not designing it yourself. Get a, a proper web designer. Um, to set up a website and do the graphics and try and make it look professional. Uh, we didn't. Merchant Magic websites <laughs> isn't that pretty. Um, it's really functional in the back end, which is why we keep it. Um, but we didn't go for, for really shiny graphics and, uh, and things like that. We went for functionality over, over looks. Uh, really on the, the premise of copying Amazon's model, if you look at Amazon's website, it's not really that pretty. Uh, it's very functional and it's designed to sort of show you as much magic and point you in the direction of what you want, what the customer wants to find as quickly as possible. Um, so there aren't huge graphics uh, on there. Um, it's really uh, designed to get you to a product, to have a look at something that you're going to find interesting as quickly as possible. That doesn't necessarily have to work for everyone. Um, if you look at Illusionist, um, beautiful graphics, beautiful photography. Um, the site looks stunning and that works really well for them. It really just depends on, on your style of selling um, and retailing magic. What's important is that you take a lot of time deciding exactly how you, which direction you are going to go in. So if you're going to go for looks um, and perhaps maybe a minimalist amount of content on the page, make sure that's done properly and have it done by a designer and do the best you can. If you're going to go more for the sort of Amazon style get somebody to find something that they are going to find interesting as quickly as possible, then you might want to look at uh, the psychology of that and about layout and about how people behave when they visit a website. So try and find as many books um, or websites that give information about layout and about web design and read everything you can. You don't need to know about coding. You don't need to know about Photoshop or anything like that. You can get uh, that. That can all be outsourced. Uh, but you do need to know about how what, which layout will work for you. Try out a few examples. And most important of, of all, test them. So look at where people travel around your site, how they behave when they're on your site and use that feedback to make little tweaks and little adjustments to try and make your website as, as good as possible because it's the website which is the key to everything. Not necessarily how it looks but how it functions and whether people enjoy it and they stay on it and they travel all the way through it until they find something that they, they, uh, they, they want or uh, they find the information they're looking for. Once you've got your website, you're going to need stock, 
you're probably going to need, unless you've got uh, a large amount of money that you can put into it straight away, you're probably going to need to start off small and source some local magic which is in your uh, country rather than maybe importing to start with. So uh, start off with a few items, um, items that you think are really good and put them on the website, um, make some interesting ad copy and uh, start, um, start selling them. The most important thing, a couple of things that really I should suggest, the most important thing is you don't borrow any money to set up a magic shop. Um, Whatever you do, no matter how tempted you are, don't stick any money on a credit card or borrow any money from family and friends. I don't want to sound negative, but there is a good chance that this business might not work. You know, only one in five businesses last their first year and then only one in five of those are there three years later. Um, Magic, again, is a really saturated market. There are a lot of small magic shops, um, so you're going to have a lot of competitors. Uh, You don't want any kind of financial um, commitment that's going to damage you if things go wrong or you get fed up with it or you find that you don't actually like the physical reality of selling magic. Um, You want to be able to just walk away if this isn't right for you. So don't borrow any any money. Uh, start off small, just make a, even if it's only sort of a couple of hundred pounds or something to buy a few items, um, don't spend for profit, use that to buy more stock and keep expanding it that way rather than borrowing a load of money and taking a huge risk in it. If it doesn't work, it's going to turn into a whole load of a headache and it's going to be awful. Um, and because you owe money, you can't buy your way out of it. Um, so really don't do that, whatever you do. Now, when you start off, you're going to have a problem that all businesses do. Uh, How are you going to get customers? Well, you can advertise um, and you can spend money on advertising if you want. Again, don't borrow money to do it. But if you have a uh, a bit of of cash to uh, put into the project, you could buy some uh, online advertising. Or you can start getting your name out in the magic community by uh, contributing useful information on forums and news groups, um, helping people there and at the same time letting them know that you have a magic shop and that they might want to visit it. One of the worst things you can do is try to compete on price. Now I see that all the time with new little magic shops popping up and they need customers, they need a niche They need something to differentiate themselves from all of the other magic shops. So they try and compete on price by selling uh, magic at at cost or near cost prices. Now, nearly all of those magic shops go out of business very, very quickly uh, for several good reasons. Uh, Firstly, uh, they have no margin. So they have no profit over the long term to be able to spend growing their business. They have no profit for advertising to expand their business. All they can do is advertise at a near cost price and they're essentially being busy fools. They're getting a lot of uh, of traffic to start with, uh, with people buying magic, but um, they're, they're not gaining anything from it. Um, they'll tend to attract customers which are specifically searching for the best price and that price is very important to them. And that's fair enough. And and if price is really important, that's good. Uh, But there are other factors involved in, in retailing magic other than price. And if you attract only those customers, if you ever need to then increase your prices to uh, become profitable, those customers go 
Um, they were never really, there's no loyalty there with those customers because you're not providing anything other than the lowest price. And as soon as you change that, uh, you cease to have any kind of benefit to them. As uh, discount magic shops uh, get busier, uh, they try to add more stock or expand their business and they find it very difficult uh, because there's no growth there. There's no margin built in to be able to buy new stock and take risks on, on manufacturing products uh, or acquiring magic that um, perhaps might not sell quite as much. So they end up only being able to really focus on the brand new just releases which are coming out um, and they can't hold a large back catalogue because they simply don't have the, the spare margin the spare capital to be able to 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 sink into holding a large amount of stock the other problem that they face um, is that they would tend to annoy a lot of manufacturers um, the manufacturers want to look after all of the dealers and they want as many avenues to uh, to market as possible for and as much exposure for their uh, their products and um, if they see their items being discounted down um, then A, it reflects badly on their products, but B, it means that the larger shops, which have uh, higher running costs, uh, can't focus on those products because the, the profit on them has already gone down to near cost. So they see their products not being pushed by the larger shops. So there's nothing wrong with being competitive about price, um, but if you just discount and your only edge is the fact that you sell things cheaper than everyone else, um, chances are you're going to fail in the long run uh, because that's not a business um, that, that can be profitable and can grow. So for the Merchant of Magic, we never tried to be a discount uh, magic shop. Um, I looked at the main market leading magic shops when we launched and I fixed my prices, set my initial prices uh, to be basically the same as the other magic shops uh, that I saw were the most successful. So the ones which had the most visibility, had the most advertising, because I knew those companies had the most spare profit to be able to um, to be able to get their name out, so I know I knew that that's a reason why they were so successful. Uh, but again, they were selling magic um, at a, a sensible price, um, but they were selling it with a margin which would allow them to grow and advertise. And that's what you want to copy: find the successful shops, um, the shops which are, are not necessarily just uh, a wholesale discounting type shop um, but a successful and popular and, and manufacturing their own magic and and set your prices around there as well and of course you can be competitive to some extent um, but again uh, price really isn't as important as you think the most important thing for a shop is looking after customers and your customer service and that is how you can differentiate differentiate yourself from other magic shops in how you make your customers feel and how you make the whole experience of buying magic and the whole experience of receiving it and what happens afterwards if they have any problems or any questions um, how they how quickly they receive their magic um, do you give any support or aftercare it's all of the extra services other than the transaction that you can set yourself apart and you can make your name. And that's where you can be the best you'll be and gain loyalty from customers. Because anyone can buy anything um, at a low price if they want. Uh, but price isn't everything. People want to be looked after and it's about trust 
and it's about honesty and it's about building a relationship with with um, customers and it's about helping them and if you help people and you help people as much as possible uh, they notice that and they don't get that from the discount shops uh, because there's no time or profit for a discount shop to be able to do that Um, so you'll gain a a loyal uh, customer base which will bring you forwards So I hope I've given you um, a few pointers there. Um, If you're thinking about starting up a magic shop, don't expect to make a great deal of money out of it. Um, Do it because you love magic um, and that you want to immerse yourself in it and don't expect uh, to suddenly become uh, uh, a huge success overnight. It takes a long time to slowly get a name in retailing and, and within the magic community. But it can be really rewarding. Uh, as long as you do it properly and you don't try and uh, take shortcuts uh, and jump in and and try and get big before uh, necessarily your business is ready for it. Well, if you have any problems or questions at all, um, you can always drop me an email over at support at magicshop.co.uk. Check out our blog, which is blog.magicshop.co.uk. And sorry to everyone else who's not thinking about setting up a magic shop. I know this podcast has been really about that, but we get so many questions about it that um, I I thought I would address it all in in one go. (laughs) So just delete this one or jump onto the next podcast. Um, Thanks for listening.